folks. Welcome back to the Get With The Grove podcast. I'm Maddie. And I'm Gabby. And for this week's episode, we are going to be talking about navigating some of the wellness services offered at The Grove. Today, we are lucky enough to have two of our service providers, Stacy, our mental health clinician, and Nadine, our nurse practitioner here, to share their expertise. Stacy and Nadine, would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about yourselves and describe your role at The Grove? I'll start with Stacy. Sure. Um, hi, I'm Stacy. Um, like Maddie said, I'm the mental health clinician with The Grove. I've been working in the field of child and youth mental health now for about four years. Um, prior to that, I actually worked with vulnerable seniors and adults with disabilities in the community. Um, I have a Bachelor of Social Work from Ryerson University and a Master of Social Work from Wilfrid Laurier University. Love that. And Nadine, would you like to give yourself an introduction? Of course. Hi, everyone. My name is Nadine. I'm the nurse practitioner at The Grove. Uh, My pronouns are she, her. Um, A little bit about my role. uh, Nurse practitioners are people that um, are registered nurses um, and have completed advanced training in order to diagnose and prescribe, um, order imaging and labs and interpret those results as well. Um, my role within the youth hub um, will be to provide youth-focused primary health care. Um, so similar to what you would see at your family doctor's office or um, if you have a family nurse practitioner, um, but just bringing those resources to you um, in order to decrease any barriers and increase access. So um, we know that the people in this age group uh, might have limited access. So mm-hmm. that's what my role is is trying to help support. Awesome. So- so do you both want to tell us a little bit about how long you've been working in this field slash how did you get into this line of work? We can start with you, Stacey. Sure. Um, <laughs> so like I said, I've been in child and youth mental health now for about four years. Um, when I was completing my master's degree, I actually did a placement with Children's Services at CMHA. Um, and right after that, I was offered a contract position with CMHA. And that was sort of how I got to learn about The Grove, um, because there's a connection between CMHA and The Grove. Um And yeah, from that position, I I applied for the mental health clinician role at The Grove, and that brought me here. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) And how about you, Nadine? Um, I graduated in 2015 um, as a registered nurse and was working in rural ICU and Emerge and did some pediatrics. Um, I did my master's degree in 2018. Um, Since then, I've done extra training in neurodivergence, mental health, trans care, sexual health. Um, What got me into this line of work? Um, Honestly, my journey through school was a little bit um, roundabout. I started off in psychology um, and was kind of in no man's land for a while, which is completely understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, and me right now. <laughs> what got me into thinking about nurse practitioner um, in my little rural community in Elmer, Ontario, which is actually where I'm from. Right. Never heard of that before. Yeah, I know. Really? I know. Elmer? Elmer, Ontario. Oh, Elmer. Elmer. Interesting. Yep. Yep. Okay. Like the glue. Um, like the glue. <laughs> so isn't this spelled with an A? It is spelled with it's an A. It's A-Y. L-M-E-R. Elmer. Elmer. It's actually known for its canned tomatoes. Interesting. Yeah, I know. A little bit of a tangent there, but when I was growing up in Elmer, there was a nurse practitioner that supported the family health team there, and that person was really supportive when I was a young person, and that's kind of what helped me decide that... Um, I wanted to support people the way that I felt supported. 
That's awesome. Yeah. Can I add to my previous? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Of course. No, I was just thinking, like, hearing Nadine talk about, like, growing up in a rural community. I have actually grown up in Center Wellington my entire life. Mm-hmm. And in my previous role when I was working with youth, it was actually in Halton region. So I was really excited about an opportunity to work with youth in, in my own community. Mm-hmm. And that felt really yeah. important to me. Aww. That's awesome. Talking about things that are important to you. Um, Stacy. What do you love most about the work that you do? There's a lot of things. I think um, it just feels like such a privilege to be included in a young person's mental health journey and just to be invited into some of those like most vulnerable spaces and to watch young people grow and recognize their strengths and their resilience. It's just, it's a really great part of the work that I do. Aw, that's really nice. <laughs> What about you, Nadine? Similar to what Stacey was saying, I think the the part that I like the most about the work that I do is being able to be that team member alongside that person that's navigating things that can be tricky or feeling isolating. Um, healthcare can be this really big, vast, um, confusing thing to navigate. Mm-hmm. And when, when you're not feeling very well or when you don't understand things about yourself or your, your wellness or your mental health, um, you can often feel a little bit lonely and lost. Yeah. So the, the thing that I like the most is collaborating with people and, and walking alongside them and, and helping them to understand so that they can make the better choices for themselves. Um, and along that, I think one of the pieces I like the most is that education piece, being mm-hmm. able to empower people through um, information so that they can make the, the choices that are best for them mm-hmm. and that I can I can be in their corner to help them navigate that. That was so educational. <laughs> that was awesome. I'm glad that you mentioned the like overwhelming piece of like mm-hmm. the mental health care system. And I think that's why the Grove is here to like make that sort of process a lot less overwhelming. Yeah. Um, so with that, what would you say are some key things you would want youth to know about the services that you offer? Either of you. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I think like the services that we offer are, are really aligned with the Grove model as a whole in the sense that like they're, they're youth driven. Like the young person is always in the driver's seat. Um, like I will always go into every session with a bit of a plan, but if that young person comes in that day and they want to talk about something entirely different, then that plan is out the window and we're talking about that. Um, so yeah, they're, they're always in the driver's seat. It's, it's whatever they need in that moment. That's what we're, we're here to provide. Yeah. Yeah, I can't agree more. Um, I think something important for people to know is that it, it, you are at the center. It's, it's youth-centered. Mm-hmm. Um, and that my role, um, I think our roles can be flexible depending on what is needed. Um, we really want to get rid of that rigidity that people think of when they think about like institutionalized healthcare. Mm-hmm. Like that role is, is we're using this as an opportunity to, to flip that yeah. um, and to really change things and, and put youth and that person in the, the center. And then we are the peripheral supports. Mm-hmm. We're the team around you and you let us know what you need. And if you don't know what you need, we can help you get there mm-hmm. together. Right. Yeah. Awesome. And what should youth expect when booking an appointment with you? So when booking an appointment with me, typically that first appointment is pretty assessment based. I will take time to review sort of all the information that young person has provided through my wellness passport. Um, if I have any questions about some of their responses, I'll jot those down and make sure to discuss them in that first session. Um, I mean, appointments obviously look different depending on that young person's need. Um, but I really try to use at least that first appointment to like establish rapport, spend time mm-hmm. getting to know each other. What are their presenting concerns? What's going on? Um, and what, what, what are those young person's goals? What yeah. do they want out of our relationship? Um, 
And then future appointments are obviously um, aligned with those goals, right? What skills and strategies can be introduced to help sort of get them where they want to be? Um, and if things come up along the way that aren't necessarily, like things change, right? Between mm-hmm. that first appointment and future appointments. So like Nadine said, we're, we're always flexible in the services that we provide. Yeah. What about you? Um, yeah, totally. Everything Stacy said, uh, it would be quite similar. Um, there will be intake with staff. Um, that'll just be kind of some gentle questions just to get you into our systems, but we can follow with documentation. Um, and then for myself, um, appointments are, are dependent on what the need is. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're looking for a formal diagnosis or informal discussions, if you're looking to just have some more information, um, all of that's appropriate and completely understandable. And I'm so happy to support those things. Um, yeah, appointments are flexible. There's really not that rigid, um, idea of like, you have 15 minutes to talk about everything and that's it. Um, it, it's really this journey that we do together. Or if you just want to talk with me for 20 minutes about one thing and then mm-hmm. have it be that that's okay too. Are, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I'll <laughs> also mention that sometimes in that first appointment, I might realize that that youth's needs are, um, they might need more support than what yeah. we can provide at the Grove. So if that's the case, then I can play a role in getting them connected with more appropriate supports. Mm-hmm. But what's really neat about my role at the Grove is that usually with those other supports, there might be a wait list involved, but mm-hmm. I can continue to support that young person mm-hmm. while they're waiting on a wait list for those more intensive supports. I think that's really important too. And I would like to add on to that, that um, sometimes people come into the hub and they already have a really um, solid care team. Um, but you, you might just need a little bit um, further um, clarification about things or more information. Um, that's something that I can provide as well. And, and we would just loop in the people in that team as, as you would want, right? Mm-hmm. So you can tell me, Nadine, I want you to forward everything that we worked on today to my family provider mm-hmm. or even to Stacy or um, psychiatry that I'm seeing because we're all a team. But if you ever wanted that visit to kind of stay in that room day two, mm-hmm. right? Like that, again, like what Stacy said, you're in the driver's seat mm-hmm. and that's very important so that you understand there's privacy and there's safety with those communications that you do with us too. Yeah. I think that idea of like interconnected care and how like youth often are like, do I have to like repeat my story? So like, you know, having that information and like being able to like share it with other service providers, I think is super valuable. Yeah. And just having support that you don't require waiting for. Yeah. Like, you know how long it takes to book appointments in our community and how long like a wait list Mm -hmm. can be and how that can affect mental health when Mm -hmm. youth don't receive the support that they need. Mm -hmm. So having... That, like, ongoing care yeah, is very important. Yeah. Absolutely. The consistency, the continuity, mm-hmm. um, reducing some of those anxiety levels, which mm-hmm. are completely understandable. And we know that we've been messing with this age group, especially, yeah. too. So I think everyone's touched on, like, super important things. Mm-hmm. Do you have, like, some frequently asked questions that youth will come to you with? Like, do, or do you find that, like, they're a little more reserved at the beginning of an appointment and then they open up more? Or, like... Right off the bat, are you seeing, like, some common questions that come from youth? Yeah, I mean, it really depends. For a lot of the youth that I'm seeing, they haven't ever seen, like, a mental health Mm -hmm. therapist before, Mm -hmm. right? So I'm sort of their first exposure to what counseling can be. Um, So a lot of that first appointment, 
a young person might be more more reserved, mm-hmm. right? Sort of feeling me out. We're building yeah. a relationship, all of those pieces. Um, I get a lot of questions around like symptomology and what's normal and what's not normal, mm-hmm. right? Like feeling anxious, feeling depressed, stressed, interpersonal challenges mm-hmm. with family and friends. Um, and then a lot of questions around like what else is available yeah. to me in the community? What else might be helpful, right? I'll give young people resources for apps and websites mm-hmm. and different things like that. Um, yeah. Cool. I think a lot of the questions that I get are kind of around, um, different things that are important to people at that stage in their life. And Mm -hmm. because the hub services, people that are 12 to 26, like that's, that's a big difference on, on what would be most important to your health and your body and and what's going on at those times. Um, I do get a lot of questions about, um, sexual health and just better understanding, um, reproduction. It's Mm -hmm. something that, um, we all deal with and navigate, um, and there isn't really good understanding about it. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's something I I really love talking about. And it's one of those moments of, um, education as an empowerment Mm -hmm. to, um, helping people to understand what contraceptions are available to them, um, how they might get it, the pros and the cons. Mm -hmm. Um, but similar to Stacey, there's a lot of questions about mental health too. Mm -hmm. And I think people are trying to understand. And I think that there's some bravery in this generation too, that we are talking about things and we're asking those hard questions Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it might look like it's about diagnostic clarification, right? Like what's the difference between, um, autism spectrum disorder and ADHD? Is there overlap? But Mm -hmm. really what's underneath that is I'm trying to understand my symptoms and I'm Mm -hmm. trying to know how that makes me unique and how I can, um, still follow my goals and values in this world while having these symptoms that I don't understand. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, as far as are, are some people reserved? Yeah, for sure. Because as Stacey was saying, like some people need that time to, yeah. to build that trust. Um, and that's what we're here for. Like mm-hmm. we're not a one-time service. Like we yeah. build and, um, people see me out and, and they might just ask some informal questions. And that's mm-hmm. one way of kind of building that report too. And mm-hmm. it's completely okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like in social work in general, like there's an inherent like power imbalance, right? Like yeah. to expect someone to come in and immediately share the most vulnerable parts of themselves with me, that is a big ask. And mm-hmm. I, I would never expect that there, there's a relationship, there's a therapeutic alliance that has to be established first before, before I can expect that from mm-hmm. a young person. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So as you folks know, there are several hubs in our area. We have Fergus, Erin, Guelph, Palmerston. So are both of you available at all of the hubs? Are you available virtually? What does that look like? So I am at all of our hubs at least once a week. Um, my plan right now is to be in Guelph on Tuesdays, Erin on Mondays, Palmerston on Thursdays, and then Fergus on Wednesdays and Fridays, and maybe Guelph again on Fridays if there's a need. <laughs> um, but my schedule is always subject to change. That's mm-hmm. hopefully what I'm I'm aiming to be able to do. Um, so yeah, I'm available at all of our sites throughout the week. Um, I also offer virtual appointments. I'm available by appointment or or walk in depending on my availability. A young person might have to wait if they just walk in, but I'll do my best to make myself available for them. Cool. How about you, Nadine? Um, yeah, similar to Stacy, I think we're just trying to make ourselves available. Yeah. Um, people need different things. So, um, we can do, uh, pre-booked appointments, um, just so that you have that kind of 
um, anticipation that you know that your time is there or we can do walk-ins virtual definitely mm-hmm. um, if you're having trouble accessing computer or um, telephone in order to, to book in then we can help you with that too we want mm-hmm. there to be no barriers mm-hmm. um, I have less hours than Stacy I'm um, on Tuesdays and Thursdays um, I'm at the different locations but I, I like Stacy I kind of go between all four of the different locations um, so Aaron Palmerston um, Guelph and Fergus Fergus is where I have my um, main clinic which is just starting to grow um, and build up from the from the ground up which is really exciting um but again like my role is just in its infancy um and there is definitely room to have that expand and Mm -hmm. to to have it fill those spaces um as we see the needs Mm -hmm. and more hubs popping up too Mm -hmm. so so exciting um, along the lines of appointments, is there a typical like length for appointments, like half an hour, an hour, like are youth like needing to like talk to you for a certain amount of time? Like, what does that kind of look like? I will always set aside a full hour of my time. Um, we may or may not need that. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually do try to keep it to an hour. But if there's things that need to be addressed within that specific appointment, then I can absolutely be flexible with my time. Um, but sometimes it's shorter than an hour. Sometimes maybe it's just more of a check-in and, mm-hmm. and it's 20 or 30 minutes and that's fine too. There's no pressure to to sit with me for a full hour. <laughs> um, and then for me, similar with Stacey, um, there's flexibility to it. Um, again, like we're, we're not rigid scheduling yeah. 15, 20, 30 minute appointments. And it really depends on, on what we need to discuss mm-hmm. um, if it's more complex things like mental health, medications, that kind of thing, then then we can do the full hour. Um, typically you can expect to have at least like 20, 30 minutes with me. Um, but again, it depends like, is that an appointment or do you just want to chat with me when you see me around the hub? Like it, you know, there's flexibility with it, but as far as appointments um, probably between half an hour to, to 60 minutes, depending on what, what are the reasons for the visit? Yeah. Cool. Um, Stacy, how many sessions of care can youth receive from you? So my involvement is fairly brief um, because we don't provide ongoing counseling at the Grove. Um, I generally say anywhere between one to five sessions. And if a youth still needs additional supports after that fifth session, um, then I can work alongside our youth outreach workers to to get them connected with more appropriate supports. Cool. That's awesome. And kind of just wrapping things up. So Maddie and I are youth ambassadors. So we are interacting with youth on a daily basis. So we were kind of wondering how our role as youth ambassadors can complement your role as service providers. Tough question. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think but. it's tough so much as there's so many layers to that because yeah. would not be what they are without our youth ambassadors, mm-hmm. right? Like you were that first point of contact. You are you're the first person people see when they come in. You're sort of that welcoming face. Mm-hmm. Um, I love when I see youth ambassadors having conversations with our youth about um, like reminding them, like we, we have a mental health clinician. Do you want me to introduce you to Stacy? Like mm-hmm. that alone is huge. Yeah. Um, yeah just re- reminding youth that, that we're here and that there's other services that they can access. And I, and I love when youth ambassadors introduce me to, to our young people in the hubs. I really, really value that. Good to know. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say like, as youth ambassadors, I feel like we have a relationship with youth that is so special because mm-hmm. we are one of them mm-hmm. and they are most of the time very comfortable coming to us to initiate those conversations, mm-hmm. um, whereas they wouldn't just walk up to yeah. our mental health clinician mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. start a conversation yeah. that could lead into, hey, would you like any of these services? Mm-hmm. So, I def- yeah, I definitely agree with that. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, I would just say exactly what Stacy was talking about, getting the word out, um, because my role is actually quite new. Not a lot of people know that I'm, I'm even available. Mm-hmm. Um, but same thing, people grabbing me and saying, hey, this is Nadine. Um, she's our nurse practitioner. Um, and it just kind of creates that like safe, soft introduction yeah. so that people can see my face and know that I'm not scary and um, that I kind of bumble around in the kitchen <laughs> serving like, and pop tarts right? like it, so it's it's gentle it doesn't have to be this this scary mm-hmm. official thing um we're around and and the other thing that um, youth ambassadors can do is just kind of remain open and flexible because my role is going to change as as we understand what the the need is mm-hmm. and um that'll require a lot of back and forth trust and i want mm-hmm. people to feel open to give me feedback like what is working what's not working what are you finding that people are asking um, for with me and do you think that there's um, someone that could benefit from chatting with me and, and how do we get them um, feeling ready to do that and we're also learning <laughs> together too and the other thing that I want to mention is that my role um, is also to support staff so mm-hmm. I'm available that was one thing that I thought was important to actually carve out some specific consult time because I want everyone to know that I'm on the periphery. So mm-hmm. um, even if someone's not feeling ready to, to chat with me one-on-one or in a small group, um, if they are bringing up like health concerns or you're just not sure what to do next, like, please reach out. Like I can be on the outskirts mm-hmm. um, and kind of like helping people at the sidelines too. So um, reach out like cell phone, email, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like we are, I think that because we're, we are all new and we're all growing together. Like mm-hmm. we're a team. Um, and outside of the youth, like they're, they're entering into a team, but then the youth becomes part of that team. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's a good way to think about it. Yeah. I can definitely echo that like consultative piece. I've had youth ambassadors come up with me with questions about like risk behaviors mm-hmm. and, and what they should do next and things like that. Um, even our youth outreach workers, like we regularly meet to, to discuss the young people that, that we're supporting and how best we can meet their needs. So, yeah. Thank you both for being on our podcast today. I think this is going to be a very informative episode for youth to listen to. And thank you to all of you for tuning into this week's episode. Be kind to your mind and we'll see you next time. Bye.